Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. Theater going is one of my greatest pleasures, and I've been fortunate to see my share of Broadway, off-Broadway, and off-off-Broadway plays, musicals, one-person shows, you name it. One of those productions is the musical Miss You Like Hell. Erin McCune, a past guest on Conversations with Creative Women, wrote the music and lyrics. Miss You Like Hell follows Beatriz, an undocumented immigrant who reunites with her estranged teenage daughter, Olivia. And then mother and daughter embark on a road trip across America. The question looms large in this very timely production. Will this be their last journey together? Giselle Jimenez played Olivia, and I was blown away by her performance and knew she had to be a guest on the show. And here she is. Briefly, Giselle's credits include Off-Broadway, Big River, Party People, Unseemly. She played Rosalia in a national tour of West Side Story and Mistress in Evita. Regional theater includes roles in Oklahoma, In the Heights, Film and TV, co-star on HBO's Divorce, Law and Order, SUV, Presumed Guilty. And last but not least, she was Frozen's Princess Anna at Disneyland's Hyperion Theater. And my two granddaughters would be apoplectic if they knew I was interviewing her. Giselle got her BFA at the University of Florida's New World School of the Arts. So let's meet and get to know this talented, versatile, creative woman. Giselle, welcome, and thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So, Giselle, did the acting bug bite you early? It did not. Oh. To be honest with you, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with figure skating. But did you grow up in Florida? I grew up in New York and in Florida. Okay, because I was wondering how much skating one gets done in Florida. I watched it a lot on TV. Mm -hmm. I just loved watching the Olympics or just skating in general. But I did not have the means to take lessons. Mm -hmm. So it was just more of a fantasy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a very shy kid. I was one of those kids who like you know, hide behind their parents whenever they got introduced. Or I would just attach my whole body to, like, my mother's limb. Just because, huh? I, I, it was just a natural way of that I was. Uh-huh. And my parents were divorced when I was born, and um, the court order was winters in New York and then summers with Dad in Florida. Now, did you have siblings? Yes. And so did you all travel together back and forth? Or? We did, yeah. My mother and father had two boys and me, mm-hmm. so I was the baby. And then a few years later, my dad had two others, and I consider them my brother and sister as gotcha. well. And yeah, so I was in New York at the time uh, during elementary school, and I was a straight A student. Very, I worked really hard in school, and I and I just loved to like please people. Mm. I was a, one of those, maybe a little annoying <laughs> in perspective, <laughs> but I remember we were doing like this like school musical. It was like a medley of different Broadway songs, and I was I was so scared to even audition that I just asked the teacher if I could be their assistant. And how old were you when you, when this happened? I was like 10. Okay. But there was an attraction that you had for this and you wanted to be part of it? I think it was like I was interested in it mm-hmm. and I, I it brought me joy because I loved watching Disney movies when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't feel the courage. And so I thought that if I just helped out, it would be enough. And one day uh, we were doing a song from Beauty and the Beast the little town, it's quiet village, that one. And one of the girls were, was sick. And the teacher had, was like, was like, Giselle, can you just please just run this n- 
number for us so that because we're doing a run through and and, and staging was, this yeah mm-hmm. and like the girls not here and we got to get this done and I was like okay so like I I bravely got up and I and I started I started just singing it and I didn't I didn't know I was very sheltered as a kid so I didn't really know like what was good or bad or I didn't even have that kind of perspective mm-hmm. I just did it and everyone like everyone was looking at me like I was like some alien or something <laughs> after I was done because it sounded so professional I guess uh, they were just like Giselle you you can sing and I was like I don't know <laughs> I, I think so I don't know like they were like you should have auditioned how come you didn't and I was like I was too scared they're like well you're gonna be the understudy of the girl and we're gonna give you a solo and you need to like sing and and that's when I first like discovered like oh I have a talent I have a gift I didn't know isn't that crazy yeah. I mean did you ever sing at home no I mean I I would hum as a my dad told me that I hummed like as a child <laughs> uh-huh. a lot uh-huh. but it was more like a natural pleasure that I just gave my body and I never. Um, identified it as like a talent I was or just that say I a could talent. sing. Yes. Uh-huh. It was just a natural thing that I did and I never identified it. So your knees are knocking as you go up on stage and you start to sing this song? Or oh did my it... gosh, my heart was pounding mm-hmm. so fast. Mm-hmm. I, I could barely breathe. But like I just was singing and, and it came out and and it, I was like, wow, that wasn't as hard. Like, I I could do this, you know. But I still wasn't doing theater. Um, I start, I joined the Glee Club. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, I, and I was just doing choir work. And then I lost my mother when I was 13. Oh. So I flew to Miami to live with my father. Full time then. Full time. And so I finished the rest of my schooling and college, which is why New World School of the Arts was where I graduated so yeah, I, I joined the uh, a mega magnet high school or first a middle school magnet uh, magnet middle school where I was in choir and I was just learning more and more, but still just choir work, group singing, group singing. Mm-hmm. Never had to like worry about singing by myself, and I really liked it. It really fulfilled me. And then when I went to high school. I started getting into solo work here and there, but it was more like classical singing. And I would go to these like music co- competitions, like Federation and stuff like that, where you would go and s- sing in front of a judge and they would mark you on, on how you did. And I remember. So some of that shyness obviously started to fade because once you began to perform, and even, even though it was group activity, you started to get more comfortable in your own skin. I mean, I always had butterflies. I still get butterflies. Well, I think that makes sense. But my dad explained to me once I, you know, talked to him about how I was feeling. He said, the day that you stop getting those butterflies is is the day you stop loving it. Mm -hmm, It, mm -hmm. Like the butterflies is just because you care so much. And the excitement of it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he was explaining to me that and I was like, Oh, okay. And he's like, so what you do, he's like, everybody get feels that everyone gets nervous, but you got to push through it. And then you'll unlock so many things. And so that is what happened to you in high school? Yeah. So the spotlight shone on you in a different way then. Because if you were doing collective singing in terms of glee club and things mm-hmm. like that, then did you sort of venture away from that? The choir director would start giving me solos, Mm -hmm. which I would do, but still very timidly. And we've, I remember we even did a a talent show in high school. I remember I gathered myself up and did a duet with a friend. And I I guess I was so nervous that like I gulped while Mm -hmm. I was singing. Mm -hmm. 
and I ran off the stage crying. Oh, wow. It was embarrassing. Oh, wow. And it was high school, so you know how harsh that is. Duh, yes. I was like, oh. Oh. It's the end of the world. Yeah, it was the end of the mm-hmm. world for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, uh, little by little, you just... You just soldier on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to these competitions, I would get marked down because when I started really like getting comfortable with with just storytelling, I would like, OK, well, what am I saying here? Like, I know this is an Italian, but but she's saying that she's giving away her son and that she doesn't want to marry this guy that she doesn't know. Like, this is dramatic. Like, she needs to feel these things and all this stuff. And this is before I, I did, you know, acting training. Mm-hmm. And I would get marked down because I was moving too much. I was expressing myself too much because in classical uh, music, they, they don't want that kind of um, presentation like music theater. Mm-hmm. They just want you to have a, a certain technical stance. And a presence, And though. a presence. Mm-hmm. And you just deliver it. Mm-hmm. It's a about the tech the technique with the voice they don't they don't want to see your face moving so much mm-hmm. and and you giving all these these but it was a natural thing for you to natural. do the music was speaking to you the music mm-hmm. was speaking to me mm-hmm. and i was like how can i just stand here and say these things mm-hmm. you know and then my music director john rose rest in peace uh, he was like, Giselle, you're very expressive, and I think you need to go to theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, he and he suggested for me to join Thespians, which is like an, an extra club at in high school. So I joined Thespians, and I sang one little duet with someone, and I, I was like, Wow, this is fun! I like music theater, and. Then I joined Miami Children's Theater, mm. where you have you had to pay. It was like a nonprofit organization. It was like a children's theater, but at the Jewish Community Center. And so, in order for me to get be there, I uh, my family didn't have much money, so I would like clean the dressing rooms and clean the bathrooms as a teenager. As a teenager, so that I could perform. Mm-hmm. I was sixteen. Oh, actually, fifteen years old when I um, booked. Uh, West Side Story, and I played Anita. It was my first, like... That's a huge role. <laughs> it was, and, I, and it was my first audition, too. Like, I didn't know, and it was just, it was just natural for me because I was like, well, this woman, you know, she, she doesn't come from, you know, she's new to this area. Her husband, I mean, her, I mean, her boyfriend, husband-to-be, mm-hmm. dies, mm-hmm. gets murdered by, the, by her sister-in-law's lover. Like, this is, like, a lot, and I, I was really able to just endow those... Those things. So and, it became very natural yeah. for you in spite of the fact that it seemed so alien to and you. And I didn't have the actual training. Right. Yeah, which the training started when I went to college. I went to New World, and the first year, freshman year, is all about self-discovery. They don't let you do any kind of character work or anything. It's just, who are you? What are you hiding from? Hmm. What are your secrets? What are your isms? And that was like the hardest year for me because throughout this process when I moved to Florida I was in one of those stages of denial from grief from my mother and I hadn't told anyone that she had passed I just kind of pretended Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. it wasn't a thing naturally I couldn't deal with it so I just and so freshman year was like the first year where I was like okay I have to say this out loud I have to take my clothes off I yeah I, I can't be safe anymore mm-hmm. you know because they were saying like real acting is like is like taking a risk and like feeling like you're naked like feeling completely vulnerable like I was like wow that's okay and you know that full year was really trans like transforming for me mm-hmm. I was like wow this is and I was really it was really the first time I was able to f- realize who I was and start to learn about me 
because I had never really taken the time to do that. And maybe nobody else had taken the time to help you do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, and, and to their, you know, my father, he did the best that he could. And mm-hmm. he had five of us. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know... He did the best that he could, and 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 he comes. He was a, an immigrant from Cuba. He was taken away from like a bunch of family. I, I think he had like twelve siblings. Good and lord! He was the only one that was taken to America when Castro came into power. Mm-hmm. His aunt and uncle, not to mention, so his his actual mother and father like were still in Cuba. So he like left to America. Leaving everything he knew. About, wow, what a family history you, know, you have! So, yeah. So he did the best that he sure, could. Sure, you know? sure, sure. First, first person to graduate from college in his family. Mm-hmm. Like, so you find now that you found your voice. Was it musical theater that you wanted to do? At first, I thought that it was music theater, mm-hmm. and when I graduated college, I I booked the first National West Side right out of school. So I was on I got like the professional instantly became equity because usually you work up by doing theaters to get your points to then apply for the union. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing a Broadway tour, you have to instantly join. So you auditioned and you got that role. Luckily, it was like 21. Yes. Wow. A funny story about that audition, (laughs) because um I was originally called in for Maria, the role of Maria, and I was like, listen, you know, I I know what I can and cannot do. I can sing up to a B flat. I do not feel comfortable with high Cs. They sound pingy, whatever. My agents, my agents were like, at the time, different agents, they were like, you know what, just go in, just go in anyway. I said, okay, fine. So I went in very honest. So I was like, "Listen, guys," <laughs> I, and 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 it and I didn't even realize who I was talking to or anything like that. I was just being myself, which later like worked out to my favor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I was like, "Listen, I can't sing this." They're like, "Okay, well, you're really funny." Because like they they just they're not used to people talking like that when they go into an audition, you know, especially a new person. Sure. Usually they're like timid, and, and you don't usually open your mouth because, especially if you had an agent, was that difficult to do? Did, oh my god! I mean, to have an agent, or they well, came after you. Luckily, with New World School of the Arts, they fly the seniors to New York, and we do a showcase in New York for agents. Oh. So I was lucky enough to receive representation right away. Way. Okay, so the, after I mean, it didn't take long for people to see that. That you had a lot of talent. I guess. Well, it's not, I guess. I mean, I think that's a fact. And so that role in West Side Story was obviously a very seminal moment in your life. Did that mean that you were going to come up here to New York and stay? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I moved after graduation. I moved to New York, and I was living with my aunt at the time in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And, but then when I booked the tour, we were around the United States, and we went to Canada, and we closed in Japan. We were there for a year. Wow. So I I came back after a year of that. I can't imagine what that was like for you based on what you told me in terms of your growing up. I mean, granted, you're 21 and not six. But, you know, we carry those bags of rocks with us. Yeah. I wonder if you just sort of looked at your life. Did I die and go to heaven? Because, you know, that it all <laughs> it kind of— feels surreal. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's a great way to put it, yeah. surreal. But at the same time, I'm guessing natural. Yes. I mean, it definitely was when we were doing the audition. I was very like funny to them because mm-hmm. I was very honest. Mm-hmm. And so like when the when the high note came, I lip sung the high note mm-hmm. with my arms out dramatically. <laughs> uh-huh. And they were like, do you speak Spanish? And I was like, yeah, I speak like colloquial Spanish. Mm-hmm. 
And um, they were like, ask this guy out on, on a date in Spanish. And I was like, tu quieres salir conmigo, tu eres muy bonito. And they were like, oh, ha, ha, come back tomorrow for Rosalia. Mm-hmm. You're so funny. Mm-hmm. Don't look nice. Don't. And this was Paul Hart, casting director. He's wonderful. He's responsible for for me getting that role. He told me how to look so that I could book that part because he said that the way that I looked was very ingenue. Okay. And and Rosalia, you had to was, look a little street. Not street, but I had to look more charactery, so silly looking. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not not so um, ingenue and, mm-hmm. and, and pure. Pure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he really helped me with that. I borrowed my aunt's Christmas skirt. I had this flower. I had my aunt's clogs. I mean, I was going to town with that look. And and luckily, I booked it. But when I was on tour, I learned so much. And one of the things that I did realize was, oh, my God, I don't want to do music theater for the rest of my life. Oh, why? I just realized that although I completely respect it and I do it, I've, I've, have, I've done it so many times already. Right. Mm-hmm. Doing the same thing for a long period of time, it, it after a while, does not fulfill me. So this recurring role is is not challenging enough for you? and that, After a while. Right. Is it sort of feeling like phoning it in a little bit? Well, for me, I'm constantly trying to make it fresh so that it's never like a robot or anything like sure, that. Sure, sure. But also, it's like sometimes you, you it's easy to lose that light. I understand. That you originally come with because... You've been doing it at least 600 shows by then. And you're like, wow, I'm like, I kind of want to do something different. What was it that spoke to you that you wanted to be a dramatic actress or did you want to be a comedic actress in a movie on TV? That's what basically what spoke to me was acting was growing more and more in my heart. Even after college, even after training, acting was just growing in me and taking over everything. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, yes, I do have a gift to sing. I was born with it. I understand that. Much to your surprise, right? (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I just have such a love and respect for acting that I wouldn't mind if I didn't sing as much, and which made me realize, okay, I want to really work on television and film, which I haven't had in the past as much opportunity to go in for now I'm having a lot more opportunity but that's that's how I booked Law and Order because right after the tour I mean that had come up and I was like oh my god this is the this is what I want to do and when I did that it was a week of filming I realized I was like oh this is where I want to be like learning learning new lines every day like like just challenging your brain Mm -hmm. to, to remember new material Having the same character, but always being on the on the fly of a new situation that's going to occur. I understand. Uh-huh. You know, it's just more exciting. And I mean, it's another part of your brain, obviously. It also speaks to versatility. I don't usually do this to women, but I think it's important in this conversation. How old are you? I will be 29 in July. So you are young. Mm-hmm. And you have had a real nice amount of success from graduating college, that may be a little patronizing on my part to say, oh, you know, you had just eight years and look at what you've done. Does it not give you pause? I am not one to dwell in success. Mm -hmm. I am always looking for the next thing. And there always seems to be a next thing, doesn't there? If I work hard enough, yes. This business is not stable Mm -hmm. and jobs end at a certain amount of time. So, 
in order for you to always work, while you're working, you have to be working for the next thing. Yeah, you're always so, looking ahead. So, yeah. so really, you don't have any time, at least from my experience, I haven't had any time to like reflect and think or enjoy the only time that i'm enjoying it is when i'm doing it on stage because i'm in the moment i'm enjoying it but when i'm off stage i'm thinking business wise i understand like all right how am i gonna pay my bills well of course so i i mean and also i'm very hard on myself i never want to get caught up in patting myself on my back or feeling myself too much because that doesn't do me any good. That doesn't help me grow. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help me get better. Um, so that's what I'm always trying to focus on. Like, how can I get better? How can I improve? You know, how can I how can I take more risks? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I still afraid of? And how can I get over that? What are you still afraid of? That it all could end tomorrow? I mean, I guess there's a little fear of it ending. There's There's fear of... I mean, there's just fear of the unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. as a human being. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I, I read this quote. Uh, if you risk nothing in life, then you risk everything right. in life. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm, I'm learning more and more how to take more risks. Mm-hmm. When I'm in my work, when I'm working... I can take risks because I know I'm in a safe place. It's a theater. So I can take That risks. they already have you here. Yeah. They, they want you. I'm protected. Yes. In real life, when you're taking risks, there's no one there to, like, protect you. Mm-hmm. So it's you have, don't you. have a safety net? You don't have a safety net. So you have to, like, you really have to, like, take that chance. Mm-hmm. And because life, like, life is crazy. And not even your parents can explain to you how, how... You're supposed to, because nobody really knows like how you're supposed to live life and, and how things are supposed to go down. Do you feel as you look back over these eight years and even before that, that you've done this on your own? <laughs> I've never thought of it that way. I mean, I know that a lot of people, a lot of women who are also Latina and um, who look up to me have told me these things these wonderful things and have said, you know, have thanked me for paving the road for them mm-hmm. because before, you know, when I first started out, there was a, a, a large stereotype and there is um, one that we're still trying to fight. For instance, Princess Anna, I mean, thanks because of Liesl Tommy, she directed a clips on Broadway with Lupita. She's done a, a, a bunch of other wonderful things. She is a wonderful, strong woman. And because of her, she broke that barrier. I was going to say, not too many Latina women are playing, you know, one of the characters in Frozen, one of the princesses. I was the first Latina woman to ever play a white princess role in the history of Disney. Isn't that wild? And that's because of other women who are strong, who are understanding. And broke the barrier. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and it was hard because at first, you know, Disney was like, I don't know. And what's this? That, yeah. I don't know. You yeah. Know, she, but then when, when, we, when I did the workshop for them, they were like, wow, I didn't even think of a race one time. <laughs> Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. well, if, if, you, if you have the right person that's actually committed to the storytelling, you're not going to be thinking about that's how right. they look like, especially for theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, for TV, it's very different because the camera's very close. Mm-hmm. But theater, I mean, makeup, a wig, costume, boom, you can change anybody. Right. You know, and right. I feel like a lot of the times, especially in, in recently, especially with Broadway, everyone's trying to do things the way that they would do in TV mm-hmm. or try to match the way people look on a cartoon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like... 
So has that been a problem for you in terms of, quote, typecast? I think it's it was a larger problem in the past. I think more and more people are seeing me for roles that aren't just Latina. Mm-hmm. For talent. I, I, I guess. And, and it's really refreshing. And there's just so much more work to be done that, like, I can't have a parade and celebrate because, <laughs> because you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's just so much more work. And I, and I need to do that work so that the you next can generation the mm-hmm. can have it easier. I mean, and I can't believe I'm having this conversation, you know, in 2018, that we're supposed yeah. to applaud that. Miss you like hell. It's not a two-person play, obviously, but you two are the seminal characters in this. I mean, you carry a good portion of that show. Yeah. I mean, thanks to Kiara, I mean, her writing made made it very easy to, to start with, yes. Mm-hmm. And Who wrote then, in the Heights. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the rehearsal process, I mean, every every time I do a show, I try to get better. I mm-hmm. tried to say, okay, how can I improve and grow as an actress? And this show, I felt like I was, I, I you know how like you're, you, you're climbing and you're struggling to break a barrier. And then when you break it, you're like, <sighs> you take a minute, like almost like when you're, when you're hiking, right? Yes. And you get to the top Summit. of the mountain mm-hmm. and you're just like, you take a minute, you take it in and they're like, all right, let's keep going. That's how I felt doing this process because I was like, all right, excuse my French, balls to the wall. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a real topic. People are actually going through this right now. Teenagers are being separated from their mothers, um, fathers, families are just being ripped apart over hatred. And I really endowed that. And I was like, this is messed up Mm -hmm. and it's not fair. But the only way to tell this story is to be honest and tell it in an honest way so that people can actually relate to it. Well, absolutely. And I mean, not for nothing, you are so angry at your mother, you know, for being left behind. But I want to back up to something that you had said about the fact that a couple of years ago, not wanting to to do musical theater as much. But that must have changed you a little bit because that role was so seminal and got a lot of press. And the positive for you is the fact that it wasn't this endless run. You know, it was a very limited yeah. run. So that kind of worked in your favor. I will say, if more shows were written like Miss You Like Hell, I would love to continue doing music theater. In terms of what? What do you mean by that? Real stories ah, that okay. humans can identify, that mm-hmm. relate to, mm-hmm. that people come to the theater and they see themselves in the theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. real energy, bouncing, ping-ponging, back and forth, you know, and that's what the public is known for. Right, right, the public theater, yes. You go to Broadway, and it's like an amusement park. Well, you know what? Life is so, such a drag. I, and my father was like that. I don't want to go see anybody else's problems. You know, let me go and see a musical, and let me just forget what's going on around me. I and mean, you understand America. that on some level. for you. Yeah, I understand. You know, the escape, the idea mm-hmm. of escape. But theater was originated to provoke question. Mm -hmm. And to educate also. To educate. Yeah, to get yourself out of La La Land. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you want to go to La La Land? Fine. Mm -hmm. There's there's a bunch of other options for La La Land. But you need to wake up at some point Mm -hmm. and realize that (laughs) things are happening that are wrong. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, 
they say that that we the people have the voice to make the changes. We, we we vote for this and we vote for that. But people are voting blindly. People are are living in this world blindly, and that's why things are happening right mm-hmm. now in our political. Era, mm-hmm. because people are not really caring; they're too busy in la la land. Yeah, right, right. What's the point of living on this earth with all these people if we just keep to ourselves? I I couldn't agree more. Like that's the beauty to have conversations, to like connect with other people. Like, and that's, that's what theater can spark. That's yeah. right; it can spark discussion and conversation. Yeah, and don't get me wrong; I think like there should be a number of theaters that are. Relevant for children mm-hmm. that are safe, you know, and and entertaining. But my problem is that I feel like the majority of musical theater on Broadway has become that. Mm-hmm. Almost all of it, and I just wish that there was more of a balance. I understand to choose from. I understand because because even a lot of people who've come to see the show, they're just like, "There's nothing like this on Broadway." Why people kept asking, mm-hmm. "I don't understand why this is not on Broadway," and I was like, "Well, I can't answer that." If I were your fairy godmother, what do you want me to give you? I want to break stereotypes. I want to play roles that you would never think I would play. Do you want to be Eliza in My Fair Lady? Yes. Do you want to be the the, the female lead in Carousel? Yes. I feel like okay. Let's let's take, let's talk about Oklahoma. I did that at Good Speed mm-hmm. a few months back. I played Ada Annie. Now, when we were doing the production, we were receiving a bunch of like history from that time period. Mm-hmm. So, so it was an Indian territory mm-hmm. prior to Oklahoma becoming an actual state. state. Yeah. So it was Indian territory. So there was a different ethnicities in that area at the time. Now, Oklahoma, the musical, was created during the time where our men were going to war. So they had this musical to uplift us and to, right, to give us like that American hope. Be proud. Right? But what they did was they whitewashed the entire cast, leaving people to believe that only white culture lived in that area. So years later, they're they're trying to do Oklahoma at regional theaters and they're like, listen, in those times, there was black people, there was Indian people. There was absolutely no way for it only to have white mm-hmm. culture there. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no, it's impossible because it wasn't even a state yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, in the musical, it becomes a state, like, to act two. Um, so, luckily, um, Jen Thompson, she directed that. Um, production and she brought it to our our attention and she was like you know Carnes was was my father he was black I played Edoani um you know we had like a, a really diverse cast and it was just it was just wonderful to be able to be a part of that because people had never seen Ada Annie look mm-hmm. like me before. Mm-hmm. And now, ever since then, now they're just casting a whole bunch of, of ethnicities. So it was and, a seminal moment you in know theater. What I mean? Yes, just, I totally do. I do. It's just really and, – and that stuff makes me want to, like, pat myself in the back. When I'm able to break a stereotype and still be respected for my work. Yes, that's exactly right. You know? that That really must be so powerful. It really and is. so, yes, liberating. Yeah. So do you think Giselle – We'll get to Broadway. Do you want to? 
We'll see. I mean, whatever's meant to be, I will be happy with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All that I w- want to do is just work as hard and know that I'm working as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. Whether it be um, film, television, or live or, theater. Or live theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to work hard. And whatever outcome that brings, I will be okay with it because I know that none of it came easy. Yes. It's also deserved. You worked hard. You're young and, and yeah, you know what? The world is your oyster. And that's a good thing. Thank you so much. It was just really great to get to meet you and know you. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein.